0: Did you always want to start a business?
1: I think it's not as simple as that. So, to me, things like starting a business, entrepreneurship, is actually kind of, it's not really the end goal, it's just the means to get to where you want to go. Right.
2: Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Mind Your Business SG. and Today we have Ash and Tamit. Yeah, that's me, <laughs> Tamit. Okay, right. uh, and our guest for today's episode is Han from Benjamin Moore, Singapore. And I understand that... Han and Ash go way we, back. We, yeah. So, Han, welcome to the show. Yeah.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. great awesome. to be great, here. Yeah. Great yeah, to have I, you I, here. I've known this guy
0: yeah. longer than I've not known this guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. true, yeah. yeah.
2: So, yeah. just a bit of background in the industry that we are talking about right. uh, in these episodes is actually in the paint industry. Right. Or oh, is there a better term for it?
1: Yeah, paint is fine. So, yep. generally... um. So, Benjamin Moore is uh, actually a, a paint brand from the mm-hmm. US. So, it's actually owned by Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway. Oh. Um, and then, so, we distribute here in Singapore. Awesome. So, we represent a brand here in Singapore. And some say JB and Batam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, maybe in a couple of years' time, yeah.
0: <laughs> right. So, um, I mean, I've known this guy for yeah. a long, long time, right? And he's always been kind of the overachiever. Right. right. So, is that guy? <laughs> Says who? <laughs> me, excuse me. So he, he was in the best class when I first met him, secondary school. Right? Okay, okay, and so, oh, wait, so wait, that wait. means that I was in the best class, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you was,
2: uh, so you guys were classmates. Yeah, okay. classmates, and yeah.
0: And then uh, of course he was in the best class all the way, mm. right? Went on to Sajc, mm. and then he went on to NUS Chemical Engineering. Right, right. So I mean, it's been interesting because all my life this guy has been like a very uh, focused and determined person, right? Uh,
1: I guess so. Right, I but, guess
0: so. But but from an outsider's perspective, I mean, I knew this guy and I knew. So, <laughs> funny story, right? He was a prefect, right? Mm. Then one day it turns up in school, right? So in our school, prefects have to wear white shorts, yeah, uh, white, long, white pants. long pants, yeah. And then we we were still wearing uh short pants, blue shorts, yeah. Yeah, because sec three you wear long pants, right? Mm. I don't know the rule behind it. That's so
1: weird, though. Like yeah. one one or two people in the class gets yes, to wear long to wear pants. Wear it's long not just pants. white long pants. It's uh because it's our top is white. Yeah. yeah. So it's white shirt, white long pants, and then like black formal leather formal shoes. Leather shoes. Oh, right. Yeah. Only the prefects were wearing Only this. the prefects, yeah.
0: So this guy was a prefect, of course, right? And then one day, he turns up to school in just like normal shorts with us. <laughs> 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 then we just like, what's going on, bro? Then he's like, yeah, I, 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 I got tired of the system. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, if any San Andreas people are listening. <laughs> uh, anyways, I knew that he, he was never someone who conformed to the system, right? But, you always live that very traditional Singaporean life, right? Study, do well, uh, get to uni, mm. NUS, yep. chemical engineering, play yep. sports. Did you always want to start a business?
1: I think it's not as simple as that. So to me, things like starting a business, entrepreneurship, is actually kind of, it's not really the end goal. It's just the means to get to where you want to go. Right. So right. for example, people like to talk about like the tech industry, tech this, tech that, right. but I, I don't really see tech as an industry. So tech is really uh, the the means to get to where you want right, to go. Right, so the right. company is it's either a software company or a data company or whatsoever. Okay. Um, so tech is the way to go. So likewise for entrepreneurship, for me, it's that um, being an entrepreneur or, or, or starting your own business, that's the best way for me to get to or achieve my goals. Right.
0: So at which point during, uh, during your journey did this become strong?
1: When I was working in DBS, okay. so that was my first job as a fresh grad. Right. Um, even though I studied chemical engineering, but right. uh, at that point in time... Um, Well, the bank pays quite decently. So uh, working in DBS, it's a great place to work. The culture is very good. And I always say that if I didn't come out to start my own business, I'd probably work there for the rest of my life. I encourage people to work there as well. But I realized that one sentence I really hate is when my boss or anybody senior says to me, oh, just do it this way because it's always been done. And when I ask why or if I can propose a different solution, they say no. Right. Just do it this way because um, your boss likes it. Yeah, this is the system, This right? is the system, this is right, the whole, yeah. Right, right. So, I really hate that. Okay. And then, naturally, the next uh, step in thinking would be that, oh, okay, so if I want to change that, then I got to be the one that creates this system, these right. systems and processes. lah. Right. Yeah. I
0: mean, you had a short stint as a student with, you know, insurance, right? Yeah. Uh, where you saw
1: self-employed people working. Yep. Did that influence you in any way? Uh, that exposure? It did open my eyes a lot. So, right. as a student... Um, so okay, so the reason why I studied chemical engineering in the first place is not because I have a passion or whatever right. it is lah, but it's because I followed my senior Matthew. Right, right. So Matthew Chew uh sold insurance as well, and he also studied chemical engineering. He also was from Saint Andrew's, and he also played water polo like I did, and he was the captain like I did, and represented Singapore at you know youth stages right. like I did as well. So I was very really inspired by him. So uh, go chemical engineering. So okay la, go together la. So then um he started out. St- you know, doing insurance. And even in school, he started a couple businesses as well in the US. So I just wondered at that point in time, what would make this guy... You know, interested in this business, like Why? Why is he choosing to do insurance, uh, where he could be doing literally any other things? Right. So that's why I went there. And then, uh, as a you know, like a twenty-one or twenty-two-year-old, uh, when you enter the insurance space, uh, the mentors, Dave Vincent and all, mainly uh, in the industry, they really opened my eyes to a lot of things. So I really, really learned a lot of stuff right. there. Yeah. Uh, but I also can't say that um, it's because of that that I decided to kind of start my okay. own business. La.
0: Right. What part of it was that that you felt that opened your eyes? Like when we say open your eyes, right? What do you think was the greatest takeaway? <laughs>
1: So they always say that uh, a lot of them, they come from the university of life or whatever it is. And that's really true because a lot of things that you learn in school, especially in a traditional school setting like NUS where it's a lot of focus on road memory and academics and stuff like that. Uh, You don't see what's going on in the outside world. You don't see how sales are made and closed. You don't see how networks are formed and stuff like that. Uh, Particularly in engineering where um, the people there tend to be a bit more introverted. Mm. So I felt that Going with them, um, you know, when you go for appointments uh, or when you go for networking and stuff like that, I really learned a lot of social skills right, there as right, well. Right, right, yeah. Right. So the context here is that you were already
2: studying uh, chemical engineering. Yep. You had this role model. Yep. And he was like, I maybe mean, two years older. No. A year it was older. About four, five years. Yeah, about okay. five, six years yeah. older. Yeah. Five, six years yeah. older. Yep. Uh, just to touch on that a little bit more, yep. how how did you guys meet? Uh, was it through secondary school,
1: but. Okay, so yeah. we didn't really meet per se until we actually entered the insurance industry, but right. uh, mm-hmm. he's relatively well-known. Right. Okay, so the truth is that St. Andrew's um, secondary and JC as well, we are not that good in water polo. La. <laughs> <laughs> so like, for example, in secondary school, right, there are only six schools uh, uh, well, that com- play water Competing polo. In, right. the, yeah. in the B division, A division. Yeah, that's right. Thing. So there are yeah. only six schools and we our goal every year is just try not to get six. <laughs> like, yeah. if you can get fifth, right? Like, you yeah. just need to beat one school and then you're fifth, right? And yeah. then that's like, I
0: think R.I. Ar- Ar- was the best at that point, right? Ar- like R.I. Right, is, yes. School, yeah. Chong, they take turns. Right. La, yeah. right.
1: So, Matthew was one of them. And then, uh, sometimes when I went for the youth, like under 14 or whatever it was, then he would also represent, sometimes we train and stuff like that, so he also represent the under 18 or under 21 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, I got inspired by him. Right, right. Yeah. And then... Um, uh, going into NUS and playing water polo as well. Then sometimes he would come back as an alumni and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So the way he carried himself, the kind of things that he used to start, um, stuff like that really really inspired me as right. well. Even though we didn't really know each other, yeah,
0: we're talking about like alumni, right? Yeah. He was his alumni for everything in life? Like, yeah, yeah right? really alumni. Yeah. From primary school all the way to university, right? Yep, uh, yep. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. I'm just yeah trying to get a bit deeper into the role mm. model aspect, like. You didn't know him per se, but you already knew that, okay, this is the kind of guy that I want to aspire to be. Okay, the route has already been set and maybe I can follow maybe three out of five things that this guy has done. Yeah, something like that. that. I don't know what's the term for this kind of role model. A lot lot of times, you know, role models is someone you know personally. No, I don't don't, don't agree with that
0: because like, I think that that, um, the fact that he already had that opportunity to interact, right, is Mm. a lot more than some of the people I meet whose role models are people who have already passed away. Yeah, like or and someone models. in a book they've read. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yep. So like mm. I think the fact that you can interact is already is it is a uh, a greater advantage, lah, right? Yeah. For sure. Uh, because you get to like exchange ideas. Right. Yeah. So I don't think that you necessarily need to be someone you know yeah. uh, or interact with yeah. yeah. In my personal opinion of like for role sure. model. For sure. Uh, and
1: for, uh, for me it's as simple as um to me he kind of uh, opened some paths to me so for example because we're not very good uh, as a school or as a team but when I see my senior even though they're not very good but he made it into a national youth team so it also kind of occurred to me that why can't I do the same so when I went into the national youth and combined schools and all that kind of stuff a lot of times I was the only guy from SA maybe there were two of us for example but because he did it one of the first I've seen him do it Uh, so to me in my mind it's possible possible. it's possible right right,
0: right right Mm. Yeah. so I mean I think it's something that is important right but it was it was important and at the same time a bit easy for you because you knew what you were looking for yeah. right? a lot of times I think the people and especially
2: don't, at don't... that age though I would say right. secondary school like yeah, all right. of us are just you know coasting yeah, yeah. trying, just trying to survive yeah. the system maybe. it's, mm. it's yeah.
0: how you do every, anything is how you do everything right yeah that's right. true. Yeah, your attitude yeah. towards everything. Yeah. 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 So I mean, after that, you know, with the role model, you you got your eyes open, and mm. then uh, yeah. after you graduated. Yeah, mm. just
2: just to track back just a little bit, right? You mentioned conformity, right? So you said, uh, Ash, you said, that uh, Han is not someone who like uh, conforms. Yeah, yeah, for and, sure. And let's just say, say, okay, let's talk about the example of being a prefect, right? Mm. And okay, I'm tired of the system. Mm. I'm out here. I'm just curious here. Like, what was your national service like?
0: Uh, what what so, do you think he was? What, what, <laughs> if you could guess right, what do you think he was?
2: I'm guessing. Uh, okay, no, Rank
0: rank-wise, let's just say rank. What w- do you think he was?
2: I would say an officer. Of course, yeah. Yeah, I was Can't an officer, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, but he had a very easy, r- yeah, easy <laughs> vocation. yeah. So, so I went to infantry. Um, okay, I mean, to me, it's always just about doing the best uh, that you can. Mm-hmm. So even before I entered NS, um, you know. Talking to friends of your age and people are always like, "Oh, how can I gain or how can I slack off?" Yeah, try and find something a bit simpler. But for me, is I feel like you you take away what you put in. Mm. So if you go in to NS and you try your best, like you know, you, you take it all. You know, you do whatever they ask you to do and you do it uh, robustly and with a good attitude. You mm-hmm. can learn a lot from there as well. And so when then I when I went into OCS, uh, I realized I enjoyed it because everybody around there was like me because everybody was also taking things seriously. Uh, and there was a little bit of a camaraderie that was uh, built up in that kind of sense. Right. Yeah. And how did you feel
2: about when people tell you to do something which doesn't make sense or something has been done a certain way and then you come in as like, you know what, maybe we should try this. Mm. Um,
1: were there ever instances uh, where you had this kind mm. of interaction with your superiors? I mean, so in OCS itself, uh, obviously not mm-hmm. Um You're a cadet, right? So then you just do whatever they ask you to do. And that's the reason why I don't sign on as well. (laughs) Right. Uh, But. No uh, no offense to those who sign (laughs) on. No offense, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, To each their own, yeah. Um, But when I went into. Uh, my unit. So basically, um, we are from, uh, they call it the force protection squadron, lah. So we protect the airbase. So we really just jaga the airbase, la. Right. Yeah. So I used to do things a little bit more, um, differently as well. If there were certain processes in place, of course, because of safety or security, then we, we have to abide by those. But sometimes, uh, it could be as simple as, um, uh, my men wanting to have a, a little basketball game in the middle of the night, for example, because we run shifts, right? Uh, then even though it's, not allowed uh in quotes per se, but you know why not? It builds camaraderie with them. Sometimes I even play with them as well and stuff like that. Yeah, so right. it's just little things like that which if I feel it's important and it doesn't really harm anybody, then why not? Yeah. yeah. So if someone's listening to this podcast
2: and and they're going through national service, yeah. right, what should be the attitude that you think they should go into NS and you know, come out with a like a best version of themselves?
1: I mean I don't think there is a, a right attitude like one right attitude for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh everybody has different skill sets, everybody has different personalities. I think it's just to be yourself. Yeah. Uh, I think
0: yeah. I think you, you summarized it perfectly with that sentence, right? You, yeah. you you get back what you put in. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that applies a lot for NS and whatever yeah. la, right in yeah. Yeah. Life. Yeah.
2: Was <clears> it was it Churchill who said uh, what not what you can not what, what your country can do for you. Yeah. Not what, what you can do for a country but yeah, what something along something the, like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Ash so bring us Forward a little bit yeah, about so
0: yeah. right so he was he was in the the business uh, with me for a bit mm-hmm. and then uh, oh yeah how fun, was fun you, fact yeah, he was I the one who brought me into <laughs> business he he introduced me to my passion right so uh, yeah then, tell
2: us more about how you guys met in that with that interaction
0: so I mean um, I think. At the end of the day, we grew up with a lot of like common friends. Yeah, okay. right? And we have a very actually tight group of friends. When it comes to s- things that we were discussing, sometimes it was very different, right? Uh, and uh, I think one of the nights we were just sitting down and then he was just sharing with me his experience of what he's going through, yep. right? And he didn't talk to me about the business. He didn't say anything about like what he's doing, the money and all these things. He just shared with me about the mentorship, which is exactly what he was again sharing today. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I I need I need I need some of that shit, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need to get on that shit. Yeah. So yeah, uh, they they we usually do you know like open events to yep. like get people to come down and find out more. So he brought me down, and I was like, yes, this is where I want to be. Especially as a student, I think. Yep. As you said, like, a lot of us at 21, 22, right, we are so lost, mm. right? Uh, and what essentially they gave us was that a bit of direction. Yeah. Like we, we kind of understood more of the real world. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, of course, you know, when we graduated, we went our separate ways, right? Uh, he went to the bank and I continued. Uh, yeah, so I want to talk a bit about that. Like, you know, mm. uh, so you graduated bank, right? You were under the management associate program. Yep. So, so for those who don't know, maybe share a bit
1: about how the Management Associate Programme works. Yeah, Basically, most big companies, they have kind of like a Management Associate Programme, which is di- different from like a direct hire. So as a direct hire, you go in and you're paid to do a certain role as an analyst or a researcher or whatever it is. So the MA Programme basically uh, claims to kind of groom you for senior management and stuff like that. So it's a bit harder to get in. You have to go through multiple rounds, assessment centres uh, and stuff like that. Uh, But basically, the the programme is where at least for DBS, they rotate you throughout the bank. So it's a two-year program uh, and it's four rotations. So each rotation is six months. So you rotate in, it has to be one front office, one back office and one middle office role. So for example, when I first went in, I was in finance. Uh, So I did finance in the finance team Uh, and then I moved on to consumer banking. So digital channels, basically like for example, the chatbot, um the app, how you interact with your regular consumer customers. Uh and then my last rotation there was in trading as well. So right. we I did trading for a right. bit.
0: Would you say this six months is enough to actually really know what's going on?
1: Not really, right. uh, to be honest. Yeah. So how the bosses there they see it as um you are kind of like a little bit more of a qualified intern. Right. So they give you certain projects and right. obviously because the MA program is uh, highly regulated by HR and senior management and stuff like that. So uh, you get some benefits. You get right. to go for a lot of networking. Um, They force you to complete a project or right. something along those lines. You get certain KPIs as well. Um, but for me, I just used it to get to know my way around the bank. Right. Because uh, I wasn't right. in banking. I didn't study banking and finance. I didn't right. know anything about the bank. Uh, I,
0: uh, yeah. i mean it, it would have been a culture shock right like without but you did have a bit of finance background with your minor right minor yeah degree. i did i did a minor degree right, in financial maths
1: but it's more it, quant, yeah.
0: even people who study a finance degree are damn lost right in the bank yeah
1: that's true yeah, yeah.
0: so so after that, that rotation uh you, you went full-time uh as a manager already
1: right uh in dps yeah no i didn't finish my program oh you didn't finish your program i didn't finish my program i left uh I think I had one or two months left okay. to go and then I left already. So it was like right. one year, eight months. Something along those lines, yeah. Right, right. right, right. Yeah.
0: What What was the turning point for you at that point?
1: So my business partner, Ricky, he was also an MA. Right. Yeah. And before that, we were actually interns in DBS as well. So uh, we were always talking, you know, as with how every corporate uh, person, every corporate job is, everybody always complains, they're not paid enough, very busy, you don't like this person, don't like that person. The so we were just hours. complaining, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh and then one day he was like oh uh he wanted to paint his room uh, and when you go online and you see a lot of inspiration on Pinterest or Instagram about this brand Benjamin Moore and you realise that he couldn't get it in Singapore okay. so he told me about it and I was like oh okay uh, let's see what we can find lah. so we did some research uh, we did a bit of thinking uh, we thought that there would have been a market for it um, and the reasoning is very simple in every kind of consumer product out there almost always there are certain segments or segment tiers so you have kind of like the mass market brands and then you have the more premium brands whether it's bags or shoes or whatever it is um, it kind of always. O- almost always works this right. way. But not for the paint industry in Singapore. So in Singapore, everybody always knows the standard kind of like Nippon or ICI, Deluxe, that kind of brands. Yeah, right. But whether you stay in a bungalow or whether you stay in a HDB, you generally use those brands as well. Right. right. So we thought that would have been a nice market to cover a small niche for us uh, right. in the kind of a more premium space. Uh, and so what we did was that uh, we reached out to the US uh, to kind of see if we could work out a partnership Right. So, Benjamin Moore, obviously, is headquartered in the US. Uh, we had a lot of late night calls. And then we realized that actually they had already wanted to set up something in Singapore. Okay. Because it turns out that within the region, within Southeast Asia, uh, Singapore was the country that had the most queries. Okay. For the pains, you know, right. uh, sending uh, inquiries. But you, but to you the didn't US. know
0: any of these before you even reached out to them, right? We
1: didn't know. Right. Yeah. We were just trying our luck. A lot. Okay. It was almost like a cold call, to be honest. Okay. We just sent a cold email and be like, hey, we are so and so. What do you think, you know? So, um, Matter of luck as well. Right. Uh, in fact, I would say that for business, for any business to succeed, the most important factor is luck. Right. So with luck, then uh, they want to sell a distributorship and then blah, blah, blah. Fast forward two years, three years later and then here we are.
0: But how long, so with you and Ricky, right, how long was that conversation before you all sent
1: out the email? Uh, so we did our market research and stuff like that. I would say probably about two or three months. Wow, yeah, just to send
0: out that one email?
1: Just to send out that one right. email. Yeah. Because before that, we had to be convinced ourselves right, 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 whether right. there was such a market for right. it. Um, so how
0: were you doing this market research? as a like someone who is not at all Experience yep. with uh, such such a such a thing.
1: Yeah. So we actually uh, reached out to a couple of friends of ours whose okay. parents or whatever it is uh, relatives uh, weren't in the construction line. Mm. But the thing is, it's funny because everybody, especially the kind of older folks, right. uh, not to be ageist or whatever, but a lot of the older folks they have this very fixed mentality right. that you want to come in and you want to fight Nippon, which is the king, right? You confirm fail.
0: You confirm lose. You yeah. confirm lose. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that kind of spurred us on even more as well. <laughs> okay. Uh, but that was part of the market research, la. And then we did a lot of uh, obviously online. Re- Research as yeah, well. I right.
0: love how whenever you're talking to business owners, right, and then you hear like negative things and they all say, like, yeah, that made me want to fight harder. That's true. <laughs> yeah, like, That's true. Yeah. It's, it's a right.
1: common trait that yeah, you it, notice. It is right. yeah. yeah, I got I to ask, like, why not Nippon then? So, Nippon's distributorship works a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So, how Nippon works is that they just distribute to any kind of hardware shop. So, if you look at the hardware shops that sell Nippon in Singapore, 95% of them, first of all, they're run by older folks. Mm-hmm. So, it tells me that they might not necessarily be able to keep up with the trend. Right. They can't really appeal to kind of like the millennials or the younger right, generation. Right, right. So that's one thing. And the second thing is that when you walk to a hardware shop, um, generally, they don't just sell Nippon paints. They right. sell... ICI and a whole various other yeah, right, kind right. of like... And they might not even be experts
0: well. on the paint, right? They're just there that, oh, you want white colour paint, yeah. Exactly, one, yeah. Right. So
1: the experience that we got, um so as part of our research as well, we went to visit a couple of Nippon stores. Like. Right, I mean, right. they are very well-known in Singapore for a reason. Okay. They really trace the okay. path here. For example, in other countries like Taiwan and Indonesia and Philippines, right, paint is not the coating of choice. Almost every home is wallpapered or it could be... um now the Japanese have this term they call wabi sabi, where it's kind of like unfinished cement, that kind of stuff. You right. probably would have seen it in a couple right, of homes right, right, as well, but right. they don't even put anything on the wall. Uh, so, uh, they kind of trade uh blaze the path here in Singapore where paint became the coating of choice. Okay. Um. So nothing against them. Uh, the Nippon owner, I think, is the top three or fourth richest guy in Singapore. Singapore yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's really, really rich. I've, I've seen
0: his yacht at uh at I think he's at Keppel. Mm. I always thought Nippon. It's it's a Japanese brand. So,
1: Nippon oh, is, so is, actually, is a Japanese brand. So, what this guy did... He uh, became was that the majority shareholder. Yeah, he right? started a distributorship in Singapore right. first and then he opened up a couple more within the region and he became powerful enough to buy over a majority state in, yeah, yeah. in the Nippon, Japan. Yeah. Wow, yeah. okay. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. quite
0: an interesting story also. Right. Yeah. You should see his job, man. He's crazy. Yeah, I think it's really, like really rich. Five really. stories or something. Wow. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> it's called the White Rabbit, I think. <laughs> yeah. So, right. so uh, I mean, at that point, I think more interestingly, like what was the conversation in your head? Like paint like you, you, what, what how do you so, how do you convince yourself about paint
1: <laughs> so like like I explained earlier with my attitude in life nobody really likes paint right it's heavy it's dirty I mean you can see my pants it's it's like really dirty and stuff like that but to me it's not about the product yeah. to me it's about getting where I want to right. I don't really care what I sell Uh, what I didn't want what I wanted rather was to create processes and systems in place. I wanted right. to have certain control over that the, kind of the stuff. The engineer
0: in you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess you could put it that way, yeah.
1: Right. So, uh, it just so happened that, you know, when we do our market research and because Benjamin wanted to set up a distributorship here in Singapore as well and stuff like that, so that's what, okay, so all the stars are aligned, let's right. just do it. It could okay. have been, I don't know, like phones, it could have been a wallet, whatever it is, okay. but it just so happened that it so, was So hand.
0: why, Why? I mean, typically as a Singaporean, right? we always would, would take the safer approach in, in mm. whatever we do. Why not wait that two months to finish your MA program? Why immediate?
1: Oh, sorry. So that happened during our MA program as well. Right. Yeah. So uh during the MA program, sometimes you have a bit of free time and stuff like that or on our weekends then that's when we did our discussion and stuff yeah. like that. Right. Um and then not during working hours DBS, don't worry. Definitely not during working hours, no, no. Never ever in my life why do working hours? <laughs> Yeah, so um, that went concurrently. Um, but we also actually quit the bank before we secured the distributorship rights as well. Right. Because the conversations were to a point where we were pretty certain. Okay. And of course, to kind of secure the distributorship, we need to incorporate a company. Right, we need right, right. to show certain commitment to... Right. So it was kind of like a chicken and egg thing. Okay. So we were like, you know, so even if you
0: didn't get the distributorship, y'all were ready to look like, for something else. Yeah, I, at I that think point. You could say that, yeah. So so you convinced yourself of the product, you quit, and then you were like, if it fails, it, we are still taking this path already. Yeah, yeah. Right, I think right you could right. Say that, yeah. And well, this
1: is with your business partner Ricky. Yeah, like, that's right. Is
0: it very personal? Or do you mind sharing a bit of like yeah. what kind of conversations you were having at that point?
1: To be honest, I don't think our conversations were anything different than how you know regular guys or girls when they meet they chat. There's always. Right complaining about your boss and stuff like that like sick of this (laughs) I hate this system do you know what this guy asked me to do today (laughs) and so then naturally it progressed uh, this way you
0: were both just normal average guys complaining and chatting shit about work and then suddenly you were like yeah let's do something about it." did you
1: know him prior to working in that MA program Uh, so before that we we interned interned as well uh, Yeah, Yeah, together right right, right, Mm -hmm. hi guys thanks for listening next week on Mind Your Business we are used to this certainty. Right. Uh, we, are all, the certainty right? we are sold this certainty. We are sold If I get uh how many points from my O-levels I can right. go to this school. Right, right, right. If I get how many points from my A-levels I can go to this uni. Right, right. So I think it's the uncertainty that holds a lot of people. Right? Okay. Yeah. Hey, this is Han and you're listening to the Mind Your Business SG podcast. Thank you for joining us this time. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on Spotify to get a new
2: insightful episode every week. The Mind Your Business SG podcast is hosted by Ashwin Prakash and Tamit Nassif. Thank you to Naim Lutfi for our intro music. And if you've enjoyed our show, consider rating us. It will help us grow the show and make the future episodes that much better. Have a question for Ash or me? Head over to our Instagram page at MindYourBusinessSG and ask away. We read every submission and we might just answer yours in a future episode. If you would like to support us personally, you can reach out to Ash for your finance needs and myself for any creative business solutions. We'll see you soon.